shit, ladies and gentlemen, look at this. Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr. This is a Black Ink podcast, and this is episode number 30. Now, firstly, I'm going to apologize because every now and then I'm going to look at the camera, and I know you're used to me looking at the camera all the time. So, if you're watching this episode, I apologize. I am currently driving. I've been planning to do this episode driving. Um, for about two weeks now I've been planning, well not two weeks, I would probably respectfully uh, four days I've been planning to do this episode and look I might get to the end of it and it might be absolutely terrible quality audio and terrible quality video and I decide just to scrap it but I'm going to act right now as if I'm just about to deliver 45 minutes of the fucking best possible podcast that I can because I'm in a really interesting perspective and I definitely want this video as some sort of reference, as some sort of marker for me to go back on and be able to watch and enjoy and appreciate. So this is it. Um, unfortunately, because I am driving and I'm by myself, I have to uh, watch where I'm going. I've had to situate the camera in a little bit different situation where I normally have my camera, uh, my phone, because obviously I'm trying to create the best possible viewing experience for you. So you get a little bit of what's going on um, behind me here and uh, you get to see my beautiful face, of course. <clears throat> So, let me get you up to speed. I'm currently coming back from Mount Barker, uh, which is about 300 kilometers out of the way from Bunbury in a, um, what I get is like a south uh, easterly direction. And we just got a bloke and a Harley here. We'll give him a wave. Fucking oath. <sighs> Radio, cogent up to the right, Bunbury to the left. We're 126 kilometers out of Bunbury, we're making brilliant time, it's 12.30 in the afternoon and I've just sold the caravan, right? So, I've wanted to talk about this on the podcast, I really have, but I have not been able to because anybody who's bought or sold anything in their life knows the last thing you want to do is go talking about it before the fucking money is handed over and the deal is done because you're going to jinx it, you're going to fuck it and also you can never count your chickens before they hatch when it comes to buying and selling, purely because if you do, then... You know, the, uh, the infinite universe is going to show you very swiftly how wrong you are. You know, I mean, you're only as good as that sale once the sale is done. And given the whole nature of what hinged on me selling the caravan was, I really didn't want to talk about it until I had something to tell you. So, I can officially say that the caravan is sold. I had to go through a little bit of, I want to say turmoil, but it's not turmoil. I had to just go jump through some hoops to make it happen. Basically, what happened was... Uh, I put the caravan up for sale I put the caravan up for sale about two weeks ago now and I put it on Facebook and Gumtree and straight away I had people buying and I had people saying like yeah super interested want to come check it out and like I would have them come and have a look at it and like the first lady that got onto it she's like I definitely want it but I live up in Perth um, I'll send someone I'll send someone to have a look at it just to guarantee but I want it don't let anyone else take it so you're like yeah cool 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 she comes to, uh, she send, sends a friend to have a look at it the next day and the friend rocks up knows absolutely nothing about the caravan hasn't done any homework whatsoever and she's like oh so what about this what about this it's like bitch read the fucking ad before you come all good but read the ad before you come so anyway she ends up fucking off and this lady just doesn't get back to me, you know, just like, oh yeah, no, I definitely want it, definitely want it. Her friend comes and has a look at it, then I hear fucking no follow-up. Anyway, I have some other people come and have a look at it. I said them they were second in line, and I waited a couple of days, and I messaged the first lady and said, hey, what do you want to do? I've got people that are interested. And she goes, and then messages back a day later saying, 
oh sorry I've just seen this now I don't want it okay cunt tell me you know like let me know I've got something for sale you know that you had the first right of refusal for it and you're just fucking got the fish on the line and you're letting it just swim back out to sea whatever so she ends up just fucking me around the second party they let me know straight away said hey thanks for your time don't want it so you know a couple weeks ago I was working on the uh, coffee van so I was working on the coffee van <coughs> I get this text message from this lady and she goes, hey, uh, we're down in Albany. We really want the caravan. We want to make you a cash offer. When's a good time to come and have a look at it? We're free. And it was in like nine days. And I was like, okay, if I still have it in nine days, I've got people looking at it, da, da, da. Here's the information. I'll, I'll let it sit with you. No, 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 no. The first message I didn't respond to because basically you're saying you're 300 kilometers away like making a cash offer of what it didn't really give me enough information it didn't give me enough to get excited about so i just kind of let it go she messages back the next day and says hey same information just slightly reworded and i was like all right <clears throat> so i call her up and i say look here's what's wrong with the van because if you're going to come from albany i need you to know everything that's wrong with it so you don't come here and waste fucking a day going backwards and forwards to get here and go like well that's no good and that's no good and that's no good so I go, look, here's everything that's wrong with the van. I want to record a video, put it on YouTube, um, so you can see exactly what's going on. She goes, no, 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 don't worry about that. Take some pictures, let us know with the pictures what's going on, and that way we can make a decision. So I said, very good. So I go back, I take some photos, I send them to her, say, you know, you've got this, you got this, you got this. There's all the things that's wrong with it. I can tell you everything that's right with it, but that's all in the ad. So anyway, she ends up going, everything's fine, we want it, we'll be there on the 1st of September. I was like, okay, and at this stage it might have been like the 22nd or the 23rd of September, I'm like, it's fucking ages away, and like, as you know, when you're selling anything, regardless of what's going on with the money, when you're selling anything, you you just want it gone, you know, you don't have it for sale so you can enjoy the selling it process, you have it for sale because you want to fucking, you tr you, you're trying to get rid of it and obviously get money for it. Now, without saying too much, because again, it's not done, so I don't want to talk about it. Black Ink, I've been talking lately about Black Ink has been in an expansion phase, and right now the expansion comes down to having the money to do so, and this is the money that I've been waiting on to do exactly that. And obviously, like, moving into a house and uh, just basically, you know, getting these new things for Black Ink, having the socks, having the neck tags, being able to do all this, it is like, obviously a lot of it relies on having the money to do it, and money has been stretched pretty thin it's been stretched thin now for like it feels like a year for me so essentially just getting this bit of like scratch back in my back pocket is like allowing me to breathe again it's allowing me to have a bit of uh, like uh, what do you call it like just take a little bit of the tension off life off my shoulders you know like I've gone from having to worry about where the you know your insurance direct debit and your you know your phone bill and all that is going to come from now I don't have that for a few months so it's kind of exciting to like point I'm making is you want the whole sale process to go quickly so obviously that I had like a week between when she said that when she was going to arrive um, and then as it turns out they had to postpone it to the 2nd of September for whatever reason and then the morning of the 2nd of September so right now it's the 5th of September for, for reference she messages me and says hey it's no good the weather's no good I haven't towed anything before like never even towed a trailer I'm kind of worried to to come and 
do the thing and I'm thinking fuck man like if you've never towed a trailer before towing a caravan for your first tow ever and also towing it from Bunbury to fucking Albany just isn't ideal so she, she actually offered she didn't offer she asked she goes hey if we paid you some money can you bring it down for us and I'm thinking man we've already postponed the shit twice this is the third time we're postponing it uh, so the second time we're postponing it I've already waited all this time and like not that I have any doubt in these people, they give me no reason to doubt them, it's just that, like, obviously every hour, to me, is an hour that I can be making more money or figuring out a way to make more money with my business, so it's like, I've got to give a whole day to driving it there for you to maybe make a decision to not buy it. At this point, I have no security, so I messaged back and said, look, I'm happy to do that, give me a, give me a non-refundable deposit, give me this much for the fuel, and I'm very, very willing to consider it with a likely answer that I'll do it for you. And so she's like, fuck yeah, I'm happy to give you the deposit, I'm happy to give you that much for fuel, let's make it happen. So in my mind, I'm starting to get a little bit of like enthusiasm, it's starting to look positive that this whole deal is gonna go through. Um, I've told them everything that I believe is a, that would, that would you know, kind of defer them from buying the caravan. Um, everything's looking as, as good as possible. So I did everything I had to do. I, I had a massive day yesterday. I, I'll get into that in a second. I had a massive day yesterday. Um, spent all last night getting this all prepared, packing all the shit in the back of the ute, getting all the bits and pieces together. And like, I gave them every possible thing I could with the caravan. Like I really did. E even shit that was beneficial for me to keep that I might be able to use for other shit later on, I gave to them just for the sake of like, you know, it is livable right now. You can go and set that up where it is right now, pull all the shit out, connect it all up, and it's livable, and it's a fucking good caravan. Because this is the thing. At the moment, and like, I mean, even if the people who bought my caravan see this video, I, like, I don't, the last thing I want you to think is that I, um, I, I don't even want to say it because I didn't, but like, took advantage of you in any sort of way. Like, the caravan is appropriately priced for the climate that we live in as well as the equipment that came with it as well so the amount of like I bought the caravan for a particular price I probably spent about that amount on it again just in the nature of like you know like anything when you buy a fucking a car or a caravan or a motorbike you always end up spending money on it and with the caravan because I was going to live in it obviously I fucking put a heap of money into it I don't know if I'm meant to be going this way I'm in Boyart Brook. But yeah, I um, because we're meant to be living in it, uh, before Corona hit, we had this whole fucking plan. So I was like, spent every single bit of money that I had to, because essentially it was it was our house. Now I've probably, you know, I, I put 13 grand on it and he negotiated me down to 12, which I was happy to accept. I just thought, you know, for $12,000, you could argue that this is probably a bit overpriced. I know with the amount of stuff that I gave them to accompany the van to go to, for the complete package, they got well and truly their value's worth out of $12,000. You couldn't buy all of that shit for $12,000 and be livable, you know, good to go. So I was very happy to give them, like they were happy to give me only $1,000 under what I was asking. $12,000 is bang on the nose what I wanted for the caravan. So I thought, fuck it, anything that could possibly, um, you know, add to the package, give it to them. You know what I mean? Like 15 amp uh, extension lead, that really wouldn't be part of a normal deal. Give it to them, you know? All the, 
spares that I possibly bought for it, give the whole lot to them so they've got everything they possibly need to do to, to enjoy the caravan and to, I didn't know at that stage what their particular plans were. I'm now a bit more familiar with them after meeting them, but just to fucking, it was something that as I was packing things in there, instead of having that mentality, I don't know about you, but I'm very much in the case of like, I won't throw out a shoebox just in case you need a box that's that size later on. So when it comes to things like, you know, all the repair stuff of the caravan, it's like, oh, I can use this on other stuff, or they can use it on the thing that you bought it for the application for, you know what I mean? So it's a, I just gave them as much as I possibly could. I did everything that I could last night to prepare for the transaction as well. Obviously, like, fuel the car up and all the da-da-da. Hang on, just passing your tractor. Sweet got everything ready last night, woke up at Sparrow's Far this morning and I was in the car with a coffee, hooked onto the caravan, pulling out of town at fucking 4.25 maybe, 4.25 I was pulling out of dad's yard with it, so the drive itself was a bit fucking tedious, some spots I had to sit on 40 and 60 k's an hour because you're travelling in the pitch black and it's fucking fog and mist and all the rest. And also, like, Google Maps takes you the most efficient way, which is, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sealed road. It just has to be a road. But that's all good. I get there. I, uh, I didn't go to Albany. I only went to Mount Barker, which, if you don't know, is only 50Ks this side of fucking um, of Albany. So it was in my, it was in my benefit. Um, it was a friend of the lady who bought the caravan. It was a couple that bought the caravan, sorry. I, I just communicated with the lady. Um... But yeah, it was a friend of a uh, friend of theirs, and she was super accommodating. I got there, had a good chat with her, and pulled the caravan and got everything out, and blah blah blah. And then got to meet them, and a super cool couple. Uh, obviously, like this is a thing. I'm a fucking 28 year old selling a caravan with 18 months of living in it experience. I'm a bit of a like not rare breed, but when it comes to like buying and selling caravans you kind of anticipate that you're going to be buying and selling your caravan off someone that's probably over the age of 50 so it was weird kind of exchanging hands going from someone young to someone old and I felt like and sometimes I felt a bit silly like oh listen to me talk about all this stuff about my caravan that I know to these people that you would assume I don't know because they are older that they have that knowledge it's like didn't everyone your age at one point live in a caravan don't you know all this is a standard but but yeah, it was it was a cool it was a cool um, experience. I don't know. I kind of like those experiences where you get a little bit of an opportunity to flex your knowledge about. And like, this is the thing. I'm not flexing knowledge in that. Look at all this shit I know. It's like here's all the information I can possibly give you because this caravan is my baby. It's been my home. It's been like the thing that I would like identify my character through and get passionate about telling other people about. Yeah, I live in a caravan and this and that and. You know, like, I really identify with the fact that I haven't had running hot water for the past 18 months. I identify with the fact that the shower and the toilet are outside, and here's how I got around that. And all those little kind of nuances of having that life and living that lifestyle, it's like getting to elaborate on that and all the little cool tips and tricks about the caravan, like having that experience of donating that information to other people who are obviously all ears because I've just invested so much money into this, this thing. So having that experience was super cool. Um, and yeah, just like the, the if you're a long time listener, you, you probably know that I have some sort of uh, religious Christian elements to my being and in this life. 
saying that, but you know, I do identify as a fuck, I don't know, and I, I feel like I put myself on the spot here, and it's all for the sake of like something that doesn't really matter, but they pointed out the little fish that I've got on the back of the window, I'm not sure if you're, dude, this light makes me look like shit, dude, makes my teeth look yellow, it's all good, but um, the fucking, I got one of those little, uh, you know, the fish on the back that like Christians have, and I put the sticker, I, I put that on there myself, and it's funny, they go like, oh, are you are you a Christian? Did you put that sticker on there? I said, yeah, I did. I said, it's an interesting relationship that I have, but I have faith, I have my faith, and it is based around Christian beliefs, so yeah, I'm Christian, you know, and I was raised Catholic, I went away from it in my early 20s, and I've now found my own light, my own direction, my own path, sort of thing, and they're like, well, this is actually kind of the point we're getting the caravan, and if you are watching this, guys, my apologies if you didn't, if this wasn't something that you wanted everyone to know. I, I purposely not, you know, said any names or anything. And I don't think it's necessarily a negative thing or a bad thing in any way. It's just interesting to talk about. And for the sake of the podcast, I really wanted to talk about it. But, um, yeah, they said that the reason for buying the caravan was uh, because of what's said in the Bible in the book of Revelations about the, the end days and how we're going to how this will all end and, and the world will consume itself and speaking about the mark of the beast on the right arm of every human um, and that will, the mark of the beast will be the thing that you will use to buy and buy and sell and get your groceries and do all the rest and if you don't have it then you'll be um, banished from society and obviously it's a very easy um, it's a very easy cross-reference saying like well the mark of the beast everything everyone will have that on their right arm as the vaccination and the fact that there are particular countries in the world that if you don't have the vaccination then you're not able to go into shopping centers and buy your groceries and all the rest so they're saying how they're preparing for these end days and the ability to produce and have their own food um, and water supply so they've been investing their money into land and obviously my caravan and obviously a caravan most importantly is livable and has all these things so before I even knew it and this is weird man this is a weird thing about being religious and having faith is that you don't appreciate why you're doing some things because at that point you're a part of someone else's story and I think that's a really hard thing to grasp being a human because being the human process we all like to believe that we are the main character of the story that's going on but what we don't appreciate sometimes is the story that is going on is our story. We are the main character of our story, but we're not the main character of the story. And in that instance last night where I was packing all those things, I was making those decisions, do I give them this, do I keep it for myself, do I figure, do, do I, what did I say on the ad, did I say I was giving this away? Having that generous spirit was because they had a plan, a greater plan, that they had put faith into, that they had given that problem to God and asked for help in return. And I'm not necessarily saying that God then directed my hands, but the easiest path of execution for me and my decision-making was to give it away because I was giving away this, I advertised it as a ready-to-live-in package. And in that, it meant that everything that possibly you needed to live, I was going to give with the package. That's what I was advertising. That's what I was selling. That's what I wanted the full $12,000 for. They gave me the $12,000. So therefore, the path of least resistance is to give them everything as that package. And then 
fine as it turns out, they that's exactly what they were buying was the full package so that they had something to live in, they had something to store their food once they created, they had somewhere to reside and, and da da da. So it's just interesting to find that like I mean it's all it's just all if you don't if you don't have any resistance to the idea of faith, then faith has no resistance in delivering the idea. You know, the the simple fact that like I'll be I'll, I'll, I'll say more that I wanted to say here, but like no, no, I won't, I won't, I'll leave it, I'll leave it. This has all just got to do with what I was going to talk about is ultimate timing. And realistically, I had right up until today to sell this caravan because tomorrow is the day that I needed the money to buy the thing to keep moving forward with black ink. I don't want to say what the thing is because it gives away too much information. I'll tell you once it's done. I told you, I don't talk about shit that I'm going to do. I talk about the shit that's done. And right now this is done and this was part of a greater plan for me. I needed that money so that tomorrow I can go and make that purchase for the thing that Black Ink needs next. You know what I mean? The fact that they postponed it in the back of my mind, I wasn't too worried. There was a surface level me going like, I wanted to be angry because I wanted to be angry at something. Are you going to buy it? Are you not going to buy it? What are you doing? But the part of me that prays, the part of me that like gives my problems to the infinite intelligence, the part of me that has faith in myself and all of this shit working for me, that was the part that just said like, dude, you've got until Sunday night anyway, and they want you to do it on Sunday. They want you to do it on the day that is the cutoff. So all you have to do is fucking be there with your boots tied up tight, and the shit's gonna happen, you know? And this is one of those things where you go like, oh, you know, you've got a, how do you want to explain it? You've got a, um, you know, if you want to be superstitious about it almost, or, you know, you've got a, uh, What's it called when something just like everything goes your way? Like coincidentally, your life is all hell good. And coincidentally, you know, X amount of time before it happened, you asked the sky for it to happen, then it happened. And you're just a living example of that. What I'm saying now, when it comes to faith, is I'm officially at a point with my faith where I put, I put faith, I put my confidence and my trust and my belief in that if I ask for something and I act like it's gonna happen, it'll fucking happen. And like, that's kind of bizarre to say out loud. It's a whole bizarre thing to live by. Because then you start going like, well, what the fuck do I really want? And you know, like, a million dollars is an, is an easy answer. And it's actually an easy goal to set because it's very fucking tangible. But now I'm at a point where we're like, I'm months, almost like over a year into really putting all this into practice. And the things that I want are like daily joy and happiness. The things that I want isn't to be rich, but to be wealthy. The things that I want are like these really fine nuance, nuances of life that like are almost fleeting moments that if you don't realize them just as they happen or just after they happen, you actually don't even realize that they happen at all. And it's like establishing what those moments are and being able to go like, that's what I want more of in my life. And sure, money helps you get them and having a successful business helps you get them and having, you know, all those like, having the fancy cars helps you have those moments. But the thing is, it's it's kind of like the byproducts of having money is the goals that I'm chasing. And now, I mean, yeah, you can, you can make a fucking detailed plan about how you're gonna attack something, but you gotta envision it. You gotta imagine it first and then give that as a gift to the infinite intelligence to the sky and say that's the thing that I'm chasing and then let yourself actually fucking take it. I think I'm just
style at the moment. That wasn't the intention here. And also, I'm, I'm not embarrassed about the fact, I'm just saying, like, this is my experience so far. I mean, if we wind this back, the whole fucking thing about, like, the between the decision of wanting to move into a rental and moving into a rental was literally, like, 10 days. And at the moment, that's fucking impossible. But the thing is, for months leading up to that, I said that when the day is right, we'll make the decision. And once we've made the decision, it'll all happen very quickly. And it's not like we got, like, we were at a boiling point where it's like, we gotta fucking move out. It was a situation of, like, I got sick, I was spewing and shitting, I got to a point where I was like, having this in a caravan is no longer like, I'm not having, I, the, the fun part of this isn't fun for me anymore. And the hard part of this is now so ridiculously difficult that it's like, we need to come up with a sensible answer. And it was literally just a conversation in the car one day, or looking at a rental fucking a couple of days later, we realized we weren't gonna get a rental through the normal means, so we just said, fuck it, figure out what we can figure out. The second phone call that I made about it, and it fucking all comes together for us, a week later, we're living in the rental. So then, and like, this is the thing, it's not like in my mind I was like, yep, get a rental I'll sell the caravan then that money I'll use rah rah it was like it was crazy because I said like once we started looking at the rental I was like oh well, this makes sense because obviously I had to come up with a place that like where am I going to find this rent money basically you know because black ink is just enough to kind of keep itself afloat and do the little bits and pieces that I need to do but 175 bucks a week that's real so then I was like oh obviously I'll go and fucking I'll sell the caravan and that'll give us a certain amount of rent and that'll give, that'll pay a certain amount of rent for me and blah, blah, blah. But then I started like, then I started going like, okay, well, you know, is this caravan, once I sell it, what's the best way that I can manage this money? Can I invest that money somehow so I get some sort of return that pays my rent or, you know, do I use that money to get myself 100% debt free with the few people that have lent me a bit of money here and there to keep me afloat? Like, what's the best way to spend this money? Do I just give the whole lot to Larissa and say, this is for rent, this is for looking after me, this, you know what I mean? Like, there's a few different ways I can spend this money. And then all of a sudden, I have a sit down with one of my mentors and he goes, you know, the next thing in your business is X, Y, and Z. And that in involves buying this piece of equipment or this piece of machinery. And then I go and have a chat with one of my other mentors like five days later and they're like, oh, I have that particular piece of equipment that you can borrow off me. And then I'm talking to another mentor five days later and they said, oh, you're getting that piece of equipment. Well, I have this piece of equipment that goes really well with that. And if you're doing this and this, then you'll be able to do this, this and this. And of course, they are going on holiday at that stage and they said, oh, if you want to buy this, obviously you've got to wait two weeks. Well, two weeks is up tomorrow whole story is like it's one of those things where I kind of get sick of saying these cute little examples of like oh well, look I asked for it and da, 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 it happened because it sounds like all these things it's like oh yeah I bet you there's another side of that story you could tell it and it wouldn't be as fucking um, cinematic and you know cool as how you've explained it but the reality is like black ink all I've done for black ink so far is showed up and done the work. Everything else has just been a case of like, I literally give more energy, attention, and like assertion to, to execution in making sure that I can see in my head properly what I'm trying to do and I actually fucking ask for it. You actually have to 
ask for it. It's not enough to envision it. You have to tell the world this is what I'm doing. You know, and this is that gray area where I don't know if I'm talking to God in the mornings or I don't know if I'm just talking to another version of myself and that version of myself is the universe, you know, like deep shit, bruh, deep shit. And man, this is the thing. Uh, I think, I feel like a lot of times we don't realize, oh no, it's cool. We don't realize what exactly we can get in this life. I feel, and like I've spoken about this before, the blinders of what you can do kind of gets put up over your whole life until you have this tunnel vision of like what you do every day or what you do every week and then you just kind of stick to abiding by that routine instead of trying to find out like right I know this is what I do but if I wanted to do this or if I wanted to find out about that or if I wanted to experiment with this or if I wanted this totally different way of living that they're all possibilities as well it's like the limit on what you're allowed to have in life is kind of at the is at the same threshold of like what you're willing to ask for and this is a thing like, now that I know that, I know someone in their, the, the buyers that just bought my caravan, I know someone in their position, they go like, right, essentially this is what we need to fit the job, the money doesn't matter. So say, I, you know, the, the price is 13 grand, and then he goes, I'll give you 12, and then I go, I want 13 for it. I think it's worth 13, I want 13 for it. They probably would have given it to me. They, they would have given it to me. And when they said, you know, we want you to drive it to Albany, and they said, would you do it for this amount? And I came back to them and said, I'd do it for this amount, which is a little bit more. It was only a little bit more. I probably could have asked for double or triple and they would have done it. And there's two things that I take away from that. The first thing is, it's true. I would have got that money. I would have got it. You know what I mean? And the point is, is like, and I'm not necessarily saying they definitely would have given me the money. What I'm saying is, is, you know, you don't know what anything is worth unless the negotiation is present. And this is the thing, like I find all these, you know, these big companies and that, like even going into the bank and saying like, hey, these overdraw fees that you're giving me, I don't like them, just stop them. And they go, yeah, yeah, we can stop them for you. If you can stop them, why the fuck do I have over, overdraw fees at all? Why does that even exist? Why is it even a fucking option, you know? But the reality is, if you don't ask, you don't know, you know? And like, if I could go back to me in high school, I, I would be asking just a lot more chicks if like I could kiss them or if I could like be their boyfriend or whatever, you know, or if I could like take them on a date. Because the reality is like, the fucking wild part about the reality of that particular situation is I found out years later that most of those girls would have said yes, you know? So, you don't know what you don't know unless you ask a question. Now, the second thing that I take away from that analogy of if I had asked them for more money for the caravan or for the, 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 the drop-off, I would have got it. That says more about my character when I look at that retrospectively than anything else. That says that I know in business, like I know dropping that off exactly what the fuel is worth, and I know exactly what my time is worth, and I know that like doing it on a Sunday, that adds another thing, like there's heaps of elements. I know exactly what that's worth and I still charge moderately. I still charge what I feel it is worth rather than what it is logically worth. And I've spoken about, I've spoken about the, the value of things and especially when you're dealing business to business, when you're friends and how to charge and how to appropriately like insert yourself into people's businesses where you're an asset and you're not just a cost. You know, but obviously this particular situation is I owe those people nothing. I owe them nothing but a caravan after they after they pay me. That's it. You know, and obviously that's part of the like 
the argument as to, you know, do you go and drop it off, right? I need a security deposit, I need da, 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 X, Y, Z. Um, I think the thing to, that, that I take away from it is even in a time of like, you could ask them and you will get, it's like, man, I know what I know what I would want to pay for this in this condition. And I know that like, I have to see these people. You know what I mean? Like I have to fucking, I will know these people by the time this job is done. And if, if I say, if they go, right, here's how much we'll pay you to deliver it. And I go, right, triple it. The expectation of like, you know, if you're running half an hour behind and they did pay you triple what they were offering to pay you, then why the fuck are you late? And I'm not saying I didn't do it because of that. I'm saying that when I make this decision, like, okay, what you offered is reasonable. What I'm asking for is a, a reasonable plus, you know, 10% or whatever it was, and it was more than 10%, but like, you know, it's reasonable plus. I'm not asking for premium. I'm just asking for reasonable plus. Make it worth my while. I'm a businessman, make it worth my, my, worth my while. And you know what? They made it worth my while and I arrived an hour early, you know? And I'm not putting myself up on a fucking pedestal here saying, hey, this is how you gotta live. What I'm saying is, is this what I took away from it? When I look at the, like, when I was on the phone with, with the man, and he, and he said, how much have you got on it? I said, this much, and he goes, this is how much I'll give you. He offered me 12, I wanted 12, and a true negotiator goes like, it literally doesn't matter what you answer, I'm still gonna ask for more because that is the practice of negotiation. In my mind, I've already got what I set out to fucking get. I put 13 on it so that you could wrestle me down to 12. That's what I wanted. You offered me 12. We've got nothing else to talk about. You gave me what I wanted. You know? Now, you talked me down to 10. You talked me down to 11. You're still going to get the caravan. You just don't get all the shit with it. You know what I mean? Because, like, you were buying the full package for the full amount. You're going to knock the amount down. You get some of the fucking package taken off, which is fair. You know? And also... This is like, not also, fuck that. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's just a, you know, you, you came to where I wanted to. There's no reason for me to have any sort of like debate past that point. You know, I'm happy just to go like, fuck yeah, that's what I'm after. So when I look at how I went about that, it's like, oh, this is actually like that whole transaction has got nothing to do with the game. That has got to do with value and like value as far as like what you think something is worth and then obviously with the delivery what i think my time and energy is worth being able to put that into a monetary figure and having a situation where everyone's happy at the end of the day they feel they got their value for money i feel like i, I got my value for money and shooting right in the center and getting it i feel like i'm just repeating myself now i just those those two points are that you know i get to see what sort of character i am in that and what was the first point you fucking heard the podcast you know what the first point is but yeah so now I'm fucking I'm I must admit I'm a bit I'm like up in arms with how I feel because in one in, this is the thing like the last time you know if you if you live in a house for like six months or six years right you've got all these experiences in this house I feel like it's super easy to accidentally have the last moment you have in that house is like hating it because you're sweating and you're cleaning it and you've just moved all the shit out of there and you've accidentally broken one of the legs off something and you know like rarely do you get a time where you move everything out and you come back a couple days later and you look in the house and you take a big breath in and you think of all the things that happen in the house and you have time to just like sign off and say that's it you know unfortunately my last moment in the caravan 
like I, I gave myself some moments this morning while I was driving, pulling over and having a having a moment in the caravan and little things were like, just obviously like when I got there, I've unhooked it and I've got everything kind of nice ready for them to look at. And like, I didn't get that last moment in the van. I kind of got it because I actually left and I still had the key in my pocket and I turned around and went back and gave them the key. And as I was backing out the driveway, I was like, oh fuck, that's a, like the last time I'm going to see it. And it's just such a, it's such a weird thing, you know, like, I'm one of those people, like, as a kid, I, I, I'd keep the fucking train ticket that I had when I went to Melbourne on a trip fucking 25 years ago, you know, as a memo, because I'm like, oh, this is, like, the train ticket that I use. I'm that sort of person. So, like, I give sentimental value to these things that were, like, moving parts of my life. And because of that, I give... Like, unfortunately, I give no sentimental value to gifts and things like that. I give more value to things like the caravan, like my cars and my bikes and that, because it's like, oh, well, this is the bike that I had, you know, after I fucking sold this bike or did this did this upgrade, whatever, you know. So the caravan was really like, fuck, there's a part of the caravan that is the beginning of Black Ink again. There's part of the caravan that's like the, the true dwindling of Larissa and I coming together and knowing that we're going to be able to see this crazy thing that we're trying to do out because we can live with each other in a caravan and we can handle that close intimacy day in day out and not grow sick of each other there's so many things tied up in the caravan that that's mumble up pub for all the fucking diehard locals that know um but yeah the uh the interesting thing about leaving the van is i feel like a part of me is so hurt that the caravan won't be in my life and then there's another part of me that's like, the significance of getting rid of the caravan means that I can do this, this, and this with my brand. And the part that I can't help but, like I'm trying to think as if I'm me in the future looking back thinking like, oh, that was actually a hell good moment because what that meant, like by selling that, I bought this, this, and this. And you know, for whatever reason you can't, uh, what's the word? right now it's only because I don't have the experience of the future that I can't really have this like you know sell the sell the caravan get this but it's like right now I have to sell the caravan to get the shit to make all the money to buy the next cool thing you know and like give that sentiment about you so I feel like it's a real 60 40 split it's not even 50 50 40 percent of me is sad and 60 percent of me is just fucking rock hard happy to rumble like ready to rumble it's just like I don't want to look anywhere but forwards at the moment you know but definitely just that like, oh, my caravan, you know, like, oh, <laughs> fuck. I bought that caravan before I bought a four-wheel drive to tow it. When I bought the caravan, I had a Suzuki Swift because I just, and it's weird. The whole idea of buying a caravan was so like, so genuinely organic. It fucking hurts, you know, like me and a mate was like, oh, we should get caravans because we'd go camping all the time and he would sleep in the back of his ute. And I had at the time a camper van that I had from a whole other experience. And it was like, you know, everyone would show up and they sleep in their swags on the ground, but not me and him. He would have this whole setup in the back of his ute. He put his swag in there and I would obviously sleep in the back of my camper van and we'd have great fun, you know. But then it turned into like, how do you upgrade this experience? And of course, getting a caravan was the idea. So you get a caravan, you can tow it wherever you want, get an older caravan, so it costs fuck all and you can do it up how you want it. And if you get it scratched or dinged, it doesn't really matter. So that's exactly what we did. We both bought caravans and then 
you know, did a heap of camping trips with them, had a heap of fun in them, and then it just kind of like I was in a position in my life where I'm like, I really want to have the story of traveling when I was young. And it wasn't even necessarily that I had like a lust for the travel itself. I had this drive to do something that was so uncomfortable and so outside of the like normal thing that everyone's doing and like I get it every man and his dog goes on a trip at least once or whatever but like I wanted to fucking do it I wanted to have the story for myself and like I've done enough traveling around the world and enough reasons to be traveling around the world that I was like now it's time to do the country thing like my own country and once I kind of made that decision at this point I had the four-wheel drive I had the caravan I was going camping all the time and I was still I knew subconsciously I was aiming to do that anyway so by the time I like was like fuck it I'm just gonna spend all the money that I have to and get the generator get the hot water system do all the things in the caravan that need to be done do all the things in the car that need to be done so like literally every pay you're just dropping 90% of your pay into the next thing the next I think it was like I'd say 40% of what I made spend 30% spend 30% of all, all this shit and then the other 40% is it what well, 4, 8 no it's the other 20% no six yeah so it's 40 percent 30 percent 30 percent the other 30 percent i would spend on shit that you need to spend it on you know bills and rent and all the rest so it's kind of uh you know having so much that went into the caravan because of the progression of the utility of it it's so you know you tie you tie meaning into everything you know you tie meaning into like when i got this replaced or when I had to spend the money on this because this happened on me. Like, I remember when we moved into it, the awning ripped off it into bad weather, and you're just like, really? The awning? You know, like, out of all the things that I have to replace, it's like, I'm gonna replace it with the thing that looks exactly the same as the thing that I took off it. Reality, from one day to the next, you don't even know that it's fucking changed. All you know is that it ripped, and if I leave it the way it is, we can't use it anymore. So, you know, just looking at the awning and explaining to them, like, oh, this is new, and, you know, if this happened, you don't really care about the story, it's all good. You know so definitely sad definitely sad but also definitely like fucking just hell keen to have that conversation tomorrow morning where I get to start organizing buying this piece of equipment and moving forward and utilizing all this space that I've got and working with other small businesses there's just so much cool shit on the horizon that I feel like every conversation that I've had in the past two weeks is that you know people will be like asking me a question about the future of black ink and it's like yeah well I'm about to buy this, but before I buy this, I need this to sell, and for that to sell, I need to, as it turns out, go to Albany to drop it off, and rah, rah, rah. So we're finally fucking here. Finally here. But, having faith. Having faith. I feel like that's the fucking, that's the title of this episode, it's something to do with faith, dude, because the bigger thing that I've, the thing that I've been excited to tell the audience, to tell you about what's happened, is the fact that I knew this was going to happen because I asked for it. The fact that we moved into our house after I told the world every day, I'm going to move into a house. My feet are going to be clean. My dishes are going to be clean. Um, you know, everything's going to be within reach. We're going to live in a, you know, we're going to be able to do what we want. We need in a prosperous fashion. That's exactly what happened. And then as soon as it's like, oh, the next thing I need to do is sell the caravan. That's the next step. I just started saying how it was going to happen. People are going to come along. They're going to pay the money that I want for it. They're going to have it for for the utility that it's made for. Sure enough, bang! That's exactly what happened. Man, if you do any, if you take.
take anything away from what I say, man. Just like figure out what the fuck you want to do and just start really picturing it, talking about it, making a plan and doing something small every day to work towards making it happen. You know, I feel like the whole spirituality and goal setting and chakra aligning has been absolutely blown out of the water by white chicks. And there's something that just fucking, dude, there was a, that was a, um, you know, car trailers that have the front of them boxed in. That one back there, obviously dual axle boxed in trailer for nine and a half thousand dollars. I just sold a totally fucking livable trailer for twelve thousand dollars. Get off the fucking road. Yeah, for twelve thousand dollars. Dude, that makes my shit look super reasonable reasonably priced. By the way, my shit is worth exactly what I sold it for. Like I'm confident to say it's worth what I sold it for. I have huge anxiety all the time that I'm selling things for the wrong price, not because I think I'm not getting enough money, but because I'm thinking, I, I think that I'm charging too much. And this is something that I face with Black Ink on every product that I release. I want, and like, I don't, I don't want to get too much into the um, strategy behind pricing things and like the exact things that I take into consideration, only because I don't want to ruin the experience for the customer. Sometimes seeing how the sausage is made really doesn't help the, the, the system at all. But I always have a fear that like, the thing that I want the most right now is I want those people to feel as if they got their $12,000 worth. That's what's most important to me. So if you've uh, picked up on any of my kind of insecurity and anxiety based around this, like the pricing and why, and here's how I got to that number, it's because I have that fear, you know? So please don't think that I'm some sort of con artist, fucking snake oil salesman. I just fucking, I feel like I'm considerate and reasonable when it comes to transactions with other humans because I'm a human and I know what it fucking feels like, you know? We've all been ripped off, we've all got a good deal, we've all got a steal, and it's like, man, I just want, I want it to be equal on both sides of the equal sign, you know? But yeah, man, have some fucking faith. That's what I'm saying. I've just done 45 minutes. I've done 45 minutes. I've been looking forward to saying this ever since I had the fucking concept that I would have the ability to have this moment and be like, ah, I fucking had a plan and it came together and I got the money that I wanted and now I'm about to go do this. But obviously, not obviously, I think maybe not so obviously that these little 45 minute clips that I put up and call them podcasts, internet show, whatever you want, they're all just part of a massive jigsaw puzzle that won't really make sense until we're at the end of it. So I hope you're fucking enjoying the path between like where I started and where I'm going to end up. Keeping up with all these thoughts and ideas and, and this chance to express myself in an open fashion and talk about what's going on and how I'm doing it. I hope it's all landing. I hope it's all giving you something. I hope it's helping you apply yourself to whatever you're trying to achieve. You know, that's the shit that really fucking matters. But I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to go to Donnybrook, buy myself some fucking some sausage rolls, listen to my podcast, have some fun. I hope you do the same. Be good to your mum because I'm fucking out. Yo!